It is good to be back with you, um, and I'm grateful for the good hands in which you were held these last uh, four weeks while Lynn and I have been away. We spent a couple of weeks in Maine, returning to where we had lived for a time. I was reminded that there are places that don't look like Arizona. It was lovely to be back seeing old friends and going back and looking at the house to which we brought our firstborn son from home from the hospital that is now a dormitory at Bates College. It was the chaplain's house at that time and uh, it was a, a wonderful time to be away and it's good to be back. Thinking about the grandeur of night skies and the world in which we live while away, I remembered Psalm 8 which is our text for this morning. Psalm 8 is a short psalm, one of those psalms that is memorable. It is one of those psalms that's quoted elsewhere, in fact. The question that is at the heart of Psalm 8 is repeated again in another psalm, Psalm 104. It's repeated yet again in the book of Job as an essential question of human existence. Jesus quotes Psalm 8 when children were brought to him and in order to remind people to listen to children, he quoted the verse from this psalm about how children sing the praise of God. This psalm, Psalm 8, shows up again in the book of Hebrews when the author of the book of Hebrews says, someone somewhere said, and then quotes Psalm 8 and uses it to talk about how Jesus is significant for us as believers. This is a psalm worth reading and hearing and remembering and reading again. It was a hymn of praise in ancient worship. We know that especially so because the first verse and the final verse are the same, like a chorus that we sing with a hymn. So this psalm has a chorus from when it was sung in temple worship. Hear the word of God. May God bless this from Psalm 8. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouths of babes and infants. You have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established. What are human beings that you are mindful of them? Mortals that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whoever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The word of the Lord. Please pray with me.
Holy Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be receptive to thee. O God, our strength and our redeemer, we pray. Amen. So while away, I took a little time to look at some pictures on the news from the Webb Telescope. How many of you have had an opportunity to look at photos that are coming from this extraordinary technological accomplishment? Many hands. You've seen them on your iPad or on your television screen or in the newspaper or somewhere. You have seen these photos coming from a telescope that human ingenuity has managed to put about a million miles away from the Earth with an unfolded shield to protect it from the heat of the sun, far enough away to be able to capture infrared light from the cosmos in ways no other telescope ever has. The level of detail and the depth into the universe that this telescope can see is multiple times what the Hubble telescope could see, which was itself multiple times what we had ever seen before. There are scientists here in the congregation who know this oh so well and how this works so extraordinarily well. We are blessed by success and in awe of what we're seeing already. One thing we learn from this, though, as we look at the universe, is that we don't just see space like I see here in this sanctuary. In those pictures, we are looking at pictures of time. For we are seeing light coming to us from objects in the universe billions of years after it was initially sent. We are seeing events that took place billions of years ago. As we look at these pictures, we are not seeing what is in front of us. We're seeing what happened at different stages and time. It does appear that scientists are hoping eventually through the Webb telescope to see as far back as 13 billion years ago, which is not too long after what we believe to be the very beginning of the universe itself. It is extraordinary, and even that word cannot describe. Even as ordinary as the pictures kind of look, they're sort of little things on a black background. We have to be told that those little lines on the black background represent entire galaxies of millions of stars and solar systems and, and, and what we see is just a fraction of the sky, not even all of it. In one picture, just a little small percentage of what's there. And what we see in those pictures is too much to understand. I was told between the 8 o'clock and, and this service this morning by uh, Eric Kuberian to look at uh, a picture of the uh, Sun, the star not far away that was published recently. Maybe you saw it. A French scientist published a picture on Twitter that he said was from the Webb telescope of the, uh, of the star many light years away. And this picture spread throughout the internet. And then he had to acknowledge a few days later that it was a joke. It was actually a picture of a sausage. A Portuguese red sausage. 
at a level of detail that looked like it was a molted ball of fire. And in order to explain his joke that had gotten out of control, he simply said, well, this was actually a check to make sure, to humble us all, to remind us to verify. Trust, but verify. Even in our most grand accomplishments, we are humbled, not only by what we see, but by what we are both capable of and not capable of. The universe. Now it is grand and it is glorious. It is awe-inspiring. And let's be honest too that there is something about it that is also a little bit frightening. How is it that something so vast, something vaster than we could ever imagine, even in what we see sitting on the stoop of an old farmhouse in Maine, looking at the sky, something so vast includes us, includes humans, includes the world in which we live. How is it that the universe that is so much more than we could ever even begin to imagine includes our will, our intention, how we see the world? How is it that this story of God that we tell, of a God who is inclined toward what God creates, who loves what God creates, who knows who God creates, who has counted the hairs on your head, could have created all of that and knows you, knows me. I am caught by that, and I am tempted to disbelief. I am tempted to see that and say we are, in fact, nothing. We are, in fact, insignificant. And we make, we try to make ourselves more important than we are because it all is so vast. So too, Psalm 8. But think, if you would, with me, not just of the vastness of the universe and that grandeur, but think too of fundamental experiences that we have in life that may be analogies to this, of things that we can't understand, of difficulties we can't get over, of terror and horror that we can't explain, of pain that seems to argue against God, that of human power and politics and machinations and terror and fear that seems to be an adversary to the idea that God created in love and care. The writer of Psalm 8 knew that, too. And the writer of Psalm 8 said, even there, even in this ancient hymn from an ancient worship, was able to say even the cries of a child argues against the idea that the, what is horrible and what is un not understandable and what is bigger than we can grasp outweighs what is loving and what we know in the God who created. For Psalm 8 has at its heart an affirmation that is, goes to the center of faith itself. 
It's an affirmation that says it's sort of like the improvisational acting trope, right? Have you ever been an improvisational comedy scene? The work of the actors, they're taught to say yes, to affirm what the other has brought to them, the story that's coming to them, and then say and, and add to it. Yes, and. Yes, and. So too, this psalm affirms that life itself is more than we can ever grasp. And. Life itself is bigger than we can ever know. And. Experience itself threatens every kind of way, of reasonable way in which we try to make sense of it. And. Time and circumstance bring to us things over which we have no control, pain that we would never choose, worry that seems unbearable. Yes, and. The and is the affirmation that is at the beginning of faith itself. The and is the word from God that says, I care. The and is the word that wells up from within us that says, even so, yes, but this very God who is above the heavens and all of this is inclined toward all that God made, inclined even toward us in mindfulness, and in care. Who are we that you are mindful of us and care for us? Yet, you have made us with work to do. You have given us capacity to reflect your love, to show your love in how we care for your creation like you how we care for each other, reflecting your image. That's the heart of this psalm. The heart of this psalm is the yes and of faith itself. The yes, it's too much. The and, we have enough. Enough love from God. Enough awareness of who God is in the world. Enough to see in the life and work of Christ enough capacity to pray, enough to be able to do the work that we are called to do. For that phrase, who are we that you are mindful of us, mortals that you care for us, is key to it all. That word, that word that is right there in care. Since Mike is at home, recovering from COVID, I felt I needed to give you a lesson in ancient languages. So in Dr. Hegeman's place, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Hebrew word that's there in this psalm that's translated care. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Some translations translate that as mortals that you have visited them. 
The word is ambiguous in Hebrew. It means care. It means to visit. It means to count. It means to number. It means to appoint. It means to call. It means to create moral accountability. It's used for ways in which we care for each other by giving each other work to do. Wrap that up in a single word. I am not a Hebrew scholar. I'm going to check this with Mike when he's back. But if I were translating this text, I think a better word for that is call. Who are we in light of all that is around us that we can't begin to grasp or have control over? Who are we that you would know us and that you would call us? Because that makes sense of the very next verse. Yet, you have made us in your image to do the work of love, the very love that created all that is so extraordinary. You have called us, appointed us to do work. The answer to the grandness of the universe that seems to make our lives meaningless is not just greed to get what we want. It's not despair to wonder what's the point of it all. It's not recklessness because it doesn't matter in the least anyway. The response of faith to the grandeur of it all is work, is task, is the call that God has put upon us to turn to our neighbor as a reflection of God's love, to turn to the creation as a reflection of the love that made it, to tend, to care. We are called. There is no better antidote to despair. There is no more effective antidote to wonder about which we can't understand. There is no more faithful antidote to curiosity that stops us short and leaves us not able to make a decision about what to do next. There is no better antidote to any of that than calling. You are in your very spirit called by God to work. The work of prayer, the work of love, the work of reconciliation, the work of tending and stewarding, the work of worship, the work of life. Whether you are eight or 98, you are called. And so the things that stop you and hold you up are not as significant as the calling upon you to reflect the love of Christ. Amen.